Welcome to the Moms for Wellness podcast on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV. This is a podcast for moms who are passionate about being healthy and leading their kids to do the same. Welcome back to the podcast, Mama. I am so excited you are here. And today we are going to talk about the mind-body-skin connection. And you might be thinking, hmm, that's very interesting. I mean, have you ever even stopped to think about it? Are you even aware that there is a connection between your mind, body, and skin? And it's interesting. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and yes, I listen to a lot of podcasts, kind of a podcast junkie. I love listening to a lot of different podcasts. And I was listening to this one podcast, and a doctor was being interviewed and answering a lot of different questions. And something that was a recurring theme and the answers that she was giving was about this connectivity in your body, this connection between the mind, body, and skin, and all these different inputs that we have into the body and how it affects our overall health and our overall wellness. And it's just it's just a really fascinating thing. So if you haven't stopped to think about what goes into your mind and how it affects your body and what goes into or how it affects your health, what goes into your body and how it affects your health, what goes into your skin and how it affects your health, then I welcome you to look at that and think about that today. And it's just fascinating to see what science is showing us between this connection and that it really does make a difference what you put into your mind, body, and skin. And so we're going to take a look at those three different pieces, those three different aspects today. So we're going to start with the mind. The mind, what we think about makes a difference in our overall health. What we listen to, what books we read, the people that we surround ourselves with, all of these things, the inputs that we allow into our mind and thoughts have a really big impact on our output, on our health. And it just, I always think about this poster that I saw in uh, high school. It was in the science class and it was a poster of Garfield and I'm probably... (laughs) dating myself by even saying that character because probably half of you are just like what Um, but for those of you who don't know Garfield was a cartoon character he was this cat and he was this fat smug little cat and um, so he was sitting there in the poster and he had all these books on his head like a book for biology and a math book and um, these different books on his head stacked on his head and it said I'm learning by osmosis and so if you're not familiar with osmosis just the the thought that these the information in the books was just going to seep through his head into his brain 
and boom, he was going to have the information in his head. And I just think of this concept of, of how your mind is affected, what goes into your mind. And I actually think it's kind of funny. There is actually a lot of power behind that thought because the things that you are reading the things that you are around, the things that you allow to have influence on your mind and in your friendships really does impact your life. There's a lot of power behind that. So um, so next time you hear about Garfield and think about him, like, you know, just take some, pay some attention to the things that he is noting. So let's look at some of these things. So when we listen to things is very important as well as what we listen to and the inputs that we have. So for example, first thing in the morning and last thing at night are very critical times because first thing in the morning you are setting up your day. So if you are looking at the news, the very first thing that is setting up your emotions and your thought process for the whole day. Same thing as when you are going to bed. If you're inundating yourself with all these negative thoughts and, and the news and all these things, that's what you're going to be thinking about when you are sleeping. And so uh, staying away from things like that and just being very, very aware of what you are reading, what you are processing, what you are allowing to um, be into your minds, being your mindset during the very beginning of the day and the very end of the day. Um, so some examples of things um, that are good to be doing our affirmations and just the power in them because affirmations are simply statements that you are saying, things that you are saying and things that you are saying to be true. Because the thing is that we believe the thoughts that we have. And if we have continual thoughts about, oh, I can't do this, or I'm not good enough for that, or I'll never be able to accomplish that. If that's what you keep telling yourself, then that is what you're going to have come true. So if you're going to have these thoughts anyway, why not replace them with positive thoughts and thoughts for some reason it seems so much harder to do that and I don't quite know why um, but you're still just having the thought and you're still reading the things and you're still affirming things so you might as well make it very positive and of course Dr. Shad Helmstetter is a um, groundbreaking researcher in this field and the field of what you say when you talk to yourself and just the the power of the mind and the power of the things that we say to ourselves and over ourselves and so just pay attention to that and be very intentional about the things that you say to yourself and about yourself and I will also add in there um, I especially think that just we as moms, uh, when we have different conversations with our friends, they're like, oh, how's your day going or what's going on? And if there is an issue of something that is difficult that is going on, and when we have like three or four different conversations with different friends in a day and you keep repeating that story, that can even get difficult, even though you want to share what's going on, but by continuing to repeat the difficulties that you're going through, you're continuing to reaffirm them without even knowing it. So even things like that, pay attention to the conversations that you're having and see how you can frame things differently and maybe even protect yourself and not have that conversation multiple times. Um, but just those are some things to be aware of because the, the thoughts that we have and the words that we say, even maybe unaware or unintentionally, really do have power. So I challenge you to just stop and think about your day today 
and the conversations that you had and the thoughts that you had and the things that you said and think about how many of them were positive that were encouraging for yourself, for others, and how many might not be in that category. And and then just the, the first piece is just awareness and really noticing what's going on and then just paying attention to that. And then once you are noticing it and aware of it, then you can start to turn that around. But noticing it is really the first step. Also, not just the thoughts that we have, not just the things that we are listening to and things that we are seeing, but also who we spend time with. I'm sure you've heard the phrase that we are the sum of the five people that we spend the most time with. And so it really rings true. If you want to be a leader, then you surround yourself with leaders. If you want to be a person of influence, then you surround yourself with people of influence. If you want to be a person of integrity, then you spend your time with people that have integrity in their life. And so just, and I think as we grow up and become adults and different things are dictated just by the circumstances in our life, by the neighbors that we have or the people that we work with or these things that we don't, we just kind of fall into them happenstance. And so I'm encouraging you to just really step back and live life on purpose and and process through this and think about this. Who do you spend the most time with? And are these people that are building you up, that are encouraging you in the things that you want to be doing, that are helping you to get to the places that you want to go in life and and to um, are, are like-minded and are willing to challenge you and think about the type of people that you are surrounding yourself with. And also as a parent, think about this for your children as well. And I think honestly, it probably comes more naturally to think about that in the parent role, thinking about your child and like paying attention to who they are spending their time with, who are their friends, what kind of influence are they having over them because their friend groups and the people that they are with have a very strong impact on their life and on them. Um, And so again, for our children, not only who they are friends with, but also what are they listening to? What are they watching? What are they doing on social media? Pay attention to these things because it matters. And all of this has an input into their mindset. I mean, think about just the influence that you have from scrolling through social media alone, let alone all the other media that's out there. Um, And just imagine the kind of influence that it's having on them. And it's just interesting along with this, I was having a conversation with my son the other day and we were talking about the different parts of the brain, the different lobes. And uh, we were talking about the frontal lobe and uh, the frontal lobe in our brain And I mentioned to him, like, oh, did you know that your frontal lobe actually is not developed all the way until you're 25? And he thought that was very shocking. But I just say that also to remind you as a parent to remember that your children's frontal lobes are not developed all the way until they're 25. So again, they we are their parents for a reason and and being able to help and guide them in paying attention to the things that they are allowing into their mind and the things that they are allowing to influence them, uh, maybe purposefully or inadvertently, but they're still having influence and the people that they are around. So all of that to say, all of that goes under mind um, and just being aware of the things that are going into your mind and then the output that that has on your health and your overall well-being. So that's number one, the mind, pay attention to that. Then we'll go on to number two, the body. So 
our body. So this one might be the most obvious and things that you are probably more familiar with, but what we eat makes a huge difference on our health, right? Um, but also how we exercise makes a difference, whether we do or don't, and also how we exercise. Um, even how we breathe makes a difference on our overall health, and that includes the different stress levels that we have, the different stress that we are exposed to have a, a profound impact on our health as well. So all of these mixed in make up the effect of our body and the input that that has on our overall health. So thinking about exercise. So obviously I mentioned whether you do or you don't, that has an impact. Obviously having exercise, um, getting some cardio in daily, uh, doing some weight-bearing exercise, all very good, all very good things to aim to do. But also thinking about if you're in the phase of life or doing the hardcore exercises and the HIIT exercises, um, if you're familiar with that, the high interval intensity workout and um, or a high intensity interval workout, I think I mix them up, but H-I-I-T. If you attend a gym, you know what those classes are. And those were my favorite. And so, and the thing is, is that we can do too much of those. If we are doing too many of those hard workouts like the HIIT classes, then that's that's too much for our body if we're not balancing it with other things like yoga and uh, walking um, to be mixed in with those HIIT sessions. So keep that in mind too, because we want our body, want to give our body time to rest and recover. And if we're always keeping it as a maximum state of stress, then it doesn't have that time to recover. And that affects your adrenals. It affects a lot of systems in your body as well, not just your muscle makeup and, and not just things that might seem super obvious to you, but a lot of things under the surface as well. Um, what we eat has the power to affect our mood, our anxiety level, our weight, and our overall health. And then along with that, what gets absorbed into our system is actually even more important. So making sure that we're eating foods where the nutrients actually stay in our system. And so eating things like obviously lots of leafy greens and vegetables and things that have those nutrients and are nutrient dense that we would want in our system. And paying attention to eat foods that, to not eat foods that cause inflammation. So nothing good happens from inflammation. So we want to stay away from the inflammatory foods. So what kind of inflammatory foods? Um, well, I would be talking about things like fried foods. Um, and there's a lot of different foods that cause inflammation. Um, but we don't want to be having those in our diet. And then desiring to have a body that's in a balanced state. So like the alkaline acidic balance because disease disease needs an acidic state in which to grow and thrive. So the more acidic your body is, the more able and perfect place there is for disease to grow because that's what it's looking for to fester and grow. Uh, and we're talking about things like cancer and just all kinds of illnesses need an acidic state to be able to grow. And so if we are not feeding our body things that are going to make it be acidic, then it's not going to have that acidic state and there won't be fertile ground for disease to grow. So uh, this is also where those fried foods come in. There is direct linkage of fried foods to cancer. So we're talking about cancer. We're 
we're talking about diseases. And so the things that you put in your body, you have so much control over how much of that acidic base that you are allowing to be in your body. So pay attention to those things that you are consuming and what you are doing to your body by the foods that you are eating. Also watch out for allergenic foods. They wreak havoc on your system as well. And what are some of these foods that I'm talking about? Well, uh, we're talking about things like gluten, soy, dairy, sugar, fried foods, if you're, if you're putting your hands up in disgust and you're just ready to turn off this podcast right now, just hold up, hold up, wait a second. I hear you. You might disagree with me, but here's the thing. Just try it. I challenge you. If you know, because I know these are all hot bun things. You're like, okay, I don't want to hear that. But here's the thing. Have you ever taken any of those things out of your diet? And I would venture to guess probably not. Um, But the thing is, I think one of the issues that we have is that we've always eaten this way and we just don't know any differently. We have these symptoms, we have these issues, but we've also been continuously eating this way either. And I feel like that jump in that thought process of thinking, is there really a connection between these foods that I'm eating and XYZ, you know, all these different symptoms that I'm having, that seems crazy to me. And I I say that because that's the way I felt. And I thought that was such a crazy jump. Now looking back, it makes all the sense in the world to me. Like, of course, there's that connection. But I'm on the other side of that. And I think when you're just starting out and just looking at that, like it's hard to believe that there really is a connection between these things. And so I'm just asking you to just stop and consider it and stop and think about it. Could there actually be a connection? And I I mean, I had no idea that the things that I was experiencing had to do with my diet. And I was shocked, I have to say, when I took these things out and so many things changed. I had no idea the power of food and just the whole concept of food as medicine is just a fascinating thing to me now because I've seen the starts of that in my life and seen how I feel and the effect it has on me when I eat a certain way. And so I just encourage you to go ahead and try it. Try it for 30 days and then report back to me. Just take one of them out. Maybe all of them is too much. It sounds like too much. If you need help with that, I can definitely help you. But you know, just pick one of them and just even see um, the difference that that makes. So I challenge you. I'm laying down the gauntlet and that is my challenge to you. So that is talking about the body. And now we're going to move on to the skin. So what you put on your skin matters. And this was shocking to me to learn. I did not know this. And I think it's one of those things I just never really thought about it. I just, I mean, I wasn't in a lot of um, classes, like, I mean, I took enough science classes all through, you know, my schooling, but, you know, just things like nursing and just, you know, higher level science classes like that. I don't know. It was just something I just never really gave much thought to. But here's the thing. What you put on your skin gets absorbed into your body and goes into your bloodstream. And then it gets to all your major organs. And all of that happens very quickly, very quickly. So 
whatever is going on your skin is getting inside your body. So think about this. So for example, there's skin patches that are used as a form of medicine, of a way of getting medicine into the body. So think about the nicoderm patch um, that it's used for stopping smoking. They'll put that on the arm, you know, just put the sticker on there and it's absorbing the medication into the skin. Well, how is that working? Well, it's absorbed and then it goes into your bloodstream and gets throughout your body. So I know it's very common. I was talking about this with a a friend of mine who's a nurse and she was saying, oh yeah, you know, on the toes, they'll do a lot of this for different patients. So it's just very common to do in the nursing world, in the medicine world. And so, so it was very, very common to use the skin as a way to absorb things and get into the bloodstream and to get medication into the body. So then it begs the question, think about the things that you put on your skin on a daily basis, your lotion, your uh, soaps and your conditioners and shampoos and just all the things that are touching your skin. So do you read the labels of your skincare products like you do for your food? Maybe, maybe you don't (laughs) read it for your food, but have you ever stopped to think about that? Have you stopped to think about, hmm, I wonder what's in my skincare. I wonder what's in my lotion. And then that gives the next question, do you even know what to look for? So I think it's interesting because the difference in standards when it comes to skincare products and a lot of things, but we're talking about the skin here, between Europe and the US is very, very different. And actually in Europe, they have banned many, many ingredients that they have just deemed to be too toxic and too dangerous to allow to be in their personal care products. And so it's something like they've banned like 1400 or something like that in the EU. And that's compared to about 12 ingredients that the U.S. has banned um, here, the FDA has banned. So it's truly up to the consumer to be aware and to make their choices carefully, which is why I'm here and why I'm sharing with you what I've learned so that you can be informed and make decisions that are best for your health. And when we vote with our dollars, when we make these decisions very carefully, that speaks volumes and that's the the best way to be able to make a difference. So let's dive into that just a little bit about the skin and what are some of these ingredients that we don't want to have in our skincare products. So one is mineral oil. And this is a biggie. And this was honestly my first eye-opening experience. And it's just fascinating if you're not familiar with the story. So Vaseline, um, if you aren't familiar with how Vaseline got started, I will give you, yeah, there's a picture of it. Um, I will give you a a little overview, but I encourage you to just look it up, search it, and and read the whole story in its entirety. Um, But Vaseline and gasoline rhyme for a reason. And Vaseline is basically a byproduct of oil and it has been very much refined, 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 refined. And um, it has been used for a lot of different things, Um, but you will find it as a base ingredient in many products like lotions and makeup and a lot of different personal care products. Why? Because it's cheap. So if you're just like, "Hmm, I don't know about that, I challenge you, walk to your bathroom cabinet and check it out, pull out all of your products, look at the ingredients. I guarantee one of the first ingredients on that list is gonna be mineral oil. So 
not I don't really want to be putting like an oil product all over my body and then the thing is it's very occlusive so it doesn't let your body breathe and do the things that it needs to do so mineral oil is one of the things to look for another thing to look for is parabens Parabens are known as endocrine disruptors, and uh, quadrant one breast cancer uh, is due to a lot of deodorants having parabens in them, and they're seeing that a lot. Uh, parabens affect estrogen and thyroid hormone levels in women, and parabens have been banned in the EU. So remember when I mentioned that a lot of ingredients were banned in Europe? This is one of them, okay? So parabens are often found in sunscreens and face lotions and other personal care products and cosmetics, okay? Uh, the next one is phthalates. Phthalates are estrogen-mimicking effects. They are called xenoestrogens, and they are found in a lot of different things, like they're used in plastics, they're used in vinyl flooring and shower curtains, but they're also in lotions and in fragrances, and it can be up to 50% of the product. I mean, that's crazy. And um, it's just scary because it's linked to hormonal changes in boys. It blocks testosterone, and it can affect genital development and brain development. So not things that we want um, to be in our products. Another one that's very common is triclosan. Triclosan is an endocrine disruptor. It is, um, it disrupts hormone balance and uh, gut bacteria imbalances as well. And drum roll please, it is a suspected carcinogen. <clears throat> oh, goodness, do I need to go on? It causes abnormal endocrine and thyroid hormone signaling. It weakens the immune system not something we want to be doing. So where's triclosan, triclosan found? It's found in household products, including antibacterial soap, toothpaste, cosmetics, acne products, deodorant, personal care products, dish detergent, first aid. It's in a lot of different things. So pay attention to that. There's also SLES and SLS, which are the foaming ingredients that are in a lot of like bubble bath and, and washes. And then hydroquinone is the last one. And it's used as a skin lightener. And it's found in lotion, skincare, cosmetics, cleansers, hair conditioners, fingernail coating products. And problems with um, hydroquinone is that um, cancer is one of them. So the thing is hydroquinone works by decreasing the production and increasing the degradation of melanin um, pigments in the skin. So the increases... This increases the skin's exposure to UVA and UVB rays, which increases the risk of skin cancer. It has organ system toxicity, and um, it is irritating to, uh, if you in ingest, if you breathe it in, it is irritating to the lungs as well. Uh, hydroquinone has been banned from cosmetics in the European Union. Um, it's been restricted in Canadian cosmetics. But listen to this. The U.S. Cosmetics Ingredients Review Panel indicates that hydroquinone is unsafe for use in products that are left on the skin. But because of lax enforcement, directions for skin lightening products containing hydroquinone encourage frequent and consistent use on the skin. So there really isn't any regulation of that so pay close attention okay so what are some things that you can do personally for you and for your family number one 
pay close attention to what you are allowing to influence your mind and the minds of your children. Notice who you spend the most time with. Who do your children spend the most time with? What are you reading? What are you watching? And who are you following on social media? How much are you consuming social media and just media in general? And then listen to affirmations daily. Pay attention to how you start and end the day. And then number two, stop and look at what you are eating. What are you feeding your kids? Are you promoting health? Are you varying your exercise? Are you practicing deep breathing? Are you encouraging circulation in all of your systems to move toxins through so that you're not in a stagnant state? And then number three, pay attention to the ingredients in your skincare and personal care products. Don't fall for commercials. Do your own research. Switch your brands to companies that have as their ethos and their mission this transparency and these things. So I'll put in the show notes um, the company that I use and recommend that does not allow over 2,000 ingredients in their products. Transparency and safety are the utmost importance to them. And if you want a cheat sheet, I know I gave a lot of a lot of things. I threw a lot of things at you, especially a lot of specific ingredients. And I, I know that you're, you know, often not in a place where you can write down notes. You're walking, you're driving, you know, when we're listening to to podcasts. So um, I created a cheat sheet for you. So if you're interested in grabbing that cheat sheet that has the names of these ingredients that I shared with you, so you can check those and check it against the products that you're using. Um, go ahead to the show notes, check out the link there, and you can grab that cheat sheet that can be helpful for you. So I hope this has been informative, that it helps you with decisions that you make as you endeavor to be as healthy as you can be and to raise healthy children. So so go and share this with another mama who needs to know this info. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV or joining me on the Moms for Wellness podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Moms for Wellness podcast and leave a five-star rating or review. It really is helpful and we would be so grateful. I'm Jenny. Have a good one.